Hello, I'm Alexia. Let me help you to take the fear out of birth with a mix of real-life positive birth stories and birthing experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing tips to help you get into the fearless mindset. Fear-Free Childbirth is the online destination for women seeking to take the fear out of birth with fear clearance meditations, online fear clearance courses and programmes for overcoming tocophobia. Find out more at fearfreechildbirth.com. Hello, it's Alexa here and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now on today's show, I want to talk about tocophobia and more specifically, I want to talk about the signs that reveal that a woman might have tocophobia. So this might be really useful for you if you're thinking maybe whether you have tocophobia. But really the reason why I want to do this episode is because I want to help other people to identify women around them that might have tocophobia. And the reason for that is basically, I just want people to be a bit more sensitive and aware of those women because it's not easy living with tocophobia. In fact, it's damn damn hard. And they, you know, if a woman's got tocophobia, she needs all the help that she can get because there is no escape for women that have this. You know, when you have a, let's say you've got a fear of spiders or a fear of airplanes or a fear of heights or any other of those irrational fears in inverted commas, you can kind of take steps to avoid them. And, you know, if you don't like heights, don't get in a lift or don't get on tall buildings. You know, you you have a way of really retaining some element of control around your fear. But when it comes to tocophobia, you can't because unless you're going to lock yourself at home, it's really hard to not see a pregnant woman, not see babies, not be asked about your own fertility and baby making activities if you are of a certain age you know anything between 25 and 40 you're going to get the question if you've just got married you're going to get the question about whether or not you're going to have babies and so there's really no escape for women that have tocophobia in that sense it can be really relentless so the reason i'm sharing the this podcast episode is because i want everybody else to know what's going on with these women so they can just be nice you know just be nice to them and to be mindful and and especially for those there's gonna be a lot of women listening that are pregnant and so when you're pregnant and you're let's say you're all happy and excited which hopefully you are but maybe within your group maybe in your antenatal class maybe among your friends who are pregnant maybe some of your friends are absolutely terrified and they're really struggling with what's going on with you. Um, they don't have to be your pregnant friends. It could just be some of your, your sister might have tocophobia. There could be in a, your cousin, anybody in your family that you see regularly. Maybe the, now that you're pregnant, they might just want to avoid you. And, and maybe the reason they want to avoid you is because of their tocophobia, because they just simply can't handle you being pregnant. So th- this is really why I want more people to be aware of what's going on with women with tocophobia, so they can be more mindful in their behaviour and and just, you know, yeah, just be nice. That's basically it. So when I was planning this episode, I basically just started writing down um, a lot of the things that I come across with the women that I work with, because I work with a lot of women who have tocophobia to help them to overcome it. And so with all the women I've worked with, there, there are some common themes that I come across quite a lot. So what I've done is I've just kind of noted all these common themes that I come across and and that's what I'm going to talk with you today. But before I dive into all that, I just want to talk about how I work with women with tocophobia because 
And the reason I want to share this with you is because I've had quite a few messages, email messages come in, but also questions in my group asking me, my Facebook group, asking me if I do work to with women to help them to overcome tocophobia. And the answer is yes. And I've realised I've probably not been talking about that enough to let you know. So that's what I want to do now, because I realise that maybe, given it's a tocophobia episode, that there might be quite a lot of women listening to this who have tocophobia. Um, So that's what I want to do. Now, the one thing I want to say before I talk about how I do work with women is to a little bit about my philosophy when I do work with people and I'm very much about empowerment and I don't mean that in that kind of eye roll kind of way women's empowerment kind of thing but more about empowerment as in giving you the power and making you in charge of your own of what you're doing and that means for me being in charge of your own mindset giving you the control to be able to do what you're doing and be in control of your own how you feel what your fears are and that's why I with everybody I work with I always teach them how to use the fear clearance method so that they are able to clear their fears themselves and that goes for the work I do with tocophobia now if you haven't heard uh, my episode where I talk about how I overcame tocophobia I cleared my own fears and that's how I overcame my tocophobia and some women that have tocophobia are able to do that themselves they're able to just crack on with clearing their own fears But as I found for many women, they need a little bit more support than that because clearing our fears can be quite terrifying because our fears are terrifying. And so doing that on your own can be quite a big ask. Now, those that want to crack on and do that on their own, that's absolutely fine. Um, I've got the stuff, the materials, the all the stuff that you can do to enable you to do that. But if you need support, if you want support, if you need handholding, then that's what my tocophobia support program is all about. So I've got three options. One is where we work in a group because working in a group is brilliant because then you're with other women that want to overcome their tocophobia too and you have their support you get to see how they're getting on you see the struggles that they're having you realize you're not as alone as you thought you were and that counts for a lot in this because as one thing I've come across with tocophobia is it, it can feel really isolating and you kind of feel that you're the only one like this and and that you don't realize that actually it's more widespread than, than you maybe previously thought. So that's my group program. It runs over a month and we jump on a call once a week and yeah and then basically most people, I would say maybe 80% do end up overcoming their tocophobia during that month. Obviously, there are those that don't, and the reasons for that are widespread. Maybe they've got a lot of other stuff going on for them, you know, lots of anxiety or depression or other kind of mental health challenges. Or maybe they just don't show up and do the work, which I've had a lot. People sign up for my stuff. They don't actually show up on the calls. They don't do any of the clearance work. So obviously, if you don't clear your fears, they're not going to go away. So um, yeah, so that's the group program. If you don't like group stuff and you prefer just one-to-one, you're not really sure about sharing how you're feeling and your fears with other people, then I do have a, a one-to-one option with that, which is still about you clearing your stuff. But I'm there to support you there to, well, make sure you do it, you know, kick your butt along the way as well, because sometimes we do need somebody behind us making sure we do it, because fears can be so, you know, they, they can be terrifying for some to kind of face up to, up to them and clear them. And then at the, at the other end of the spectrum, is me just being your therapist and and doing all that fear clearance for you. So those are the three options. I don't want to go on about that because I do have a web page all about this that tells you more about it. So just look for the Tocophobia Support Program on the fearfreechildbirth.com website um, and there is all the information you need. Anyway, so I want to get back to today's episode because today's episode is really important because for me, I just don't think enough people understand tocophobia and those people may or may not include 
partners. So if your wife, or your partner might have it, then this is going to be a really good episode for you. Maybe you're a healthcare worker, uh, maybe a midwife or a doctor or somebody that might come into contact with women who are sharing the fact that they are they have fears around um, pregnancy and birth. And you're not really, you know, it's unfamiliar for you. You've never maybe heard of it. And, and so this is all, well, you don't fully understand it or what, what that might mean. You know, when she says, I have a fear of this, what does that mean exactly? Um, and so to help you to recognise this, because sometimes the woman herself might not realise that she has it. So, you know, if there are people around her that can go, hey, this sounds like tocophobia, why don't you look into it? Then that can provide huge relief for that woman because suddenly, you know, I I just see so many, um, I get a lot of emails like this, but also I see messages like this in my Facebook group where women are going, oh my goodness, I've just discovered this thing has a name and now I can find information about it. Now I can find support about it because they didn't realise that those thoughts they were having in their head, they thought it was just them. They thought they were being a weirdo. That's how I felt when I had tocophobia. So to realise that it's not them being weird, actually it's really widespread. You know, tocophobia does affect anything between 5 and 43% of women, although the accepted estimate is around 14%. But that's a huge number when you think about it. So it's not uncommon. It is actually quite common. But we just don't know about it. So this is why I'm doing this episode, just to try and really raise awareness and to help those women that have it um, find the help and support that they want. So I've identified seven signs that are that a woman has probably got tocophobia. Now, the one thing I do want to say is that these aren't, it isn't just these seven things. Obviously, there, there are other ways that this phobia can manifest and show up in women. So that's not to say that if, um, you know, if you have tocophobia and you think, well, I also have this, this and this and this, you know, that could also be what's going on for you with tocophobia. So this isn't a, a finite list by any means. It just it just is a really good starting point. And especially if someone's listening to this and they think that maybe their friend might have tocophobia, or maybe if you're a guy listening to this and you think maybe your wife has it um, or your partner, then, you know, this is really just to help you to look for the signs in others so that you can maybe, you know, get to a an understanding whether or not they have got it and, and maybe start a conversation with her about it uh, to just let her know that you understand or that you are open to listening and, and, and seeing her perspective because that's another thing about women with tocophobia is that they find that a lot of people simply don't understand and aren't willing to maybe consider that their perspective, their view, their opinion is valid and they do get shrugged off a lot. And that is very difficult to handle when you're getting that relentlessly from all sides, especially from those that are really close to you. It can be really, really difficult. So um, what I really want to do with this episode is just to help to help tocophobic women to cope better by supporting those around them better understand what they're going through. Okay, so sign number one is this. They avoid all conversations relating to babies, pregnancy and birth. Um, They might not avoid all of them, but they certainly might not be very comfortable having a conversation about babies, pregnancy and birth. You know, we often assume that women love nothing better than to talk about babies, but it just is not true. You know, women with tocophobia tend to stay silent when there's a group conversation kicking off that might veer onto topics around babies, pregnancy or birth. And they might do this because they they've got nothing to say and they don't they simply have got they've got nothing to add to the conversation. They can't relate to what's being said. Um, But it's also because maybe they don't want to say anything because they just don't want to have 
the reaction that they might, they're worried about the reaction they might have from other women that are also part of that conversation. You know, you do find that when women do speak up about their tocophobia, that some other women just, they are, as I mentioned before, they either sort of shrug off their feelings, they don't understand. But, you know, one thing they, they get a lot is, oh, well, it's all right, you'll grow into it. You know, your, your, your maternal instincts will kick in. You know, this, this, none of these things really validate how they're feeling. And so they often feel judged or they feel ashamed. And so they just keep quiet. So if you notice that there are conversations happening a lot within your group of friends, maybe, and there's somebody who's always quite quiet on the topic or, or maybe just walks away or, or excuses himself in some way, then maybe she's got tocophobia. Okay, so that's the first thing. They avoid conversations. Uh, another sign is they simply don't want to hold a baby. Um, maybe, again, if you have lots of friends that have just have kids or, you know, there's a new kid in the family, a new baby in the family and people are passing the baby around. And, you know, some women are just like, no, 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 don't pass it to me. I know I used to be like this. I literally don't pass me the baby. I had that at, one, at work once where somebody came in with their twins and it was assumed that, you know, yes, I'm a female. I'm going to want to hold a baby. I, absolutely not. I don't want to hold a baby. In fact, she passed me one of them because one of them, the other twin started regurgitating some milk or something. And so she had her hands full suddenly. So she just passed me one and I completely freaked. I just... I could feel, I just thought I was going to lose it emotionally and just start crying. So I just had to pass the baby on quickly. And I went to the toilet and just, I did have a moment. And so I, I literally couldn't handle holding a baby. Um, and a lot of other women report similar feelings. So if there is a woman that doesn't want to hold the baby, maybe she has got tocophobia. It also means that she's probably never, ever held a baby as well. And so, you know, that if you've never had, a, if, if a woman's never held a baby, that can be, again, a sign that she's kind of, she might not want to, but she's maybe never done it as well. So, so um, another thing to consider. Now, this next one's a really interesting one. Sign number three is this, they have got medical fears. So what are medical fears? So the kind of fears that I'm putting in this include things like uh, fear of needles and injections, fear of hospital environments, fear of medical procedures, maybe things like smear tests, uh, vaginal exams, that kind of thing. But even not necessarily anything as intimate as that, even just the, the hospital environment, you know, doctors in white coats, white coat syndrome, just any fear that relates to that hospital environment. Um, and that can really play a big role with the fear of birth, because obviously birth, the, the medicalised nature of birth in today's culture means that we associate birth with medical environments, sadly so, because obviously you can have a home birth and it can be absolutely wonderful and birth isn't a medical event unless there is a medical emergency. So this association that birth has with a medical environment is, is a sorry state that we're in today. However, this really just heightens the fears that women with tocophobia have. So yeah, if they've got a fear of needles and injections, fear of hospital environments, fear of examinations, fear of procedures anything like that to do with the medical environment, then that could well be um, something to do with tocophobia. Now, the thing is, a lot of people have got these fears anyway. So just because somebody's got a fear of needles and injections doesn't mean she's got tocophobia. But if you put this fear along with the others that I'm sharing with you, then a pattern does start to emerge. And I've noticed that a lot of women that do have tocophobia tend to have the medical fears. There are some reasons behind that that I've got theories on, but that's not for today's episode. Now, the next sign is this. They obsess over birth control. So 
they, I mean, obviously they've got a massive fear of being pregnant. So they are going to guard birth control. I mean, that's going to be such a major focus for them. They really want to make sure that birth control works because they cannot cope with the possibility of it not working. So, you know, for guys, if you're with a woman that really does look like she's slightly obsessed about the birth control as opposed to kind of a bit more relaxed about it, then this kind of very, this this focus, this obsession over it could be a clue. Um, You know, they were going to be, pregnancy tests are going to be a huge source of worry, huge source of fear, terror for them because of what it might tell them. I know when I did my pregnancy test, it was just it, it crushed me when I saw the results. So, um, you know, and, and you would normally expect women to be absolutely delighted at the news that you can get with a pregnancy test, but that is not the case for all women. And and if, you know, if they've got tocophobia, then it really is going to be massively showing up at the moment of pregnancy test. There are also going to be women that are absolutely terrified of what the pregnancy test might tell them, even though they know they haven't had any sex recently, that means they're probably pregnant. They're still going to obsess about them. Um, this is where the fear really starts taking over and, and, and taking them into slightly irrational territory. And I don't mean that if you're listening and thinking, I'm not being irrational. No, I know. It, but it does, doesn't make sense if you're getting fearful about a pregnancy test when you haven't had sex in the last month, then that is irrational no matter which way you look at it. So yeah, obsessing over birth control is going to be a huge thing. Now, the other thing that, you know, this whole birth control thing and, and avoiding birth is you might find that that women with tocophobia might fantasise about things like artificial wombs um, because that means they just don't have to carry the baby. Now, there are those that are kind of fans of birth and, and lovers of birth. They're going to think artificial wombs sounds like the most wrong thing ever. But for a woman with tocophobia, it, it's, it's a way of her being able to be a mother without having to carry the baby, experience pregnancy and go through the birth. So there's a lot of there's it's a very attractive proposition for women with tocophobia and a really strong fear of birth and pregnancy so if you hear a woman fantasizing about that saying it's a really really great thing then the, the reason is and you're probably listening going are you mad that can be there's so many things wrong about that you might be thinking because it just it's not natural a, a baby should grow in your tummy and that you might have that view and so to hear a woman talk about that you might get very judgmental about it it might lead to an argument who knows? But again, this could be, that's why she thinks it's such a great idea is that maybe she's got tocophobia. And so, um, but also as I, you know, we're talking about avoiding birth, this means that they're also going to be very interested in things like surrogacy and fostering as an alternative to having to go through with pregnancy and birth. Because, you know, if you think that you have, you know, let's say anybody that's got a fear, a really bad phobia that isn't pregnancy, let's say it is a phobia of spiders or heights, whatever, you know, in those situations, you might be exposed to those things that, that trigger your fear, but you're not really going to be maybe in an environment that's going to trigger them for a massive period of time. Whereas for a woman that has tocophobia, she's going to have to deal with this for nine months. And then what's waiting for at the end is the ultimate, ultimate fear. So nine months of pure terror is something that they really want to avoid. So of course, surrogacy, fostering, artificial wombs sound like great ideas compared to living nine months in complete terror. So, you know, it's just to really help you to get an understanding of, of where they're at and why why they have why they might have these opinions that means it's not to be judged, but 
seek to understand where they're coming from, you know. Okay, so the next one I've got here is they're uncomfortable getting intimate or having sex. And so, I mean, it's really obvious when you think about it, because obviously sex leads to pregnancy, not all, all not always, obviously, but it, it's it's massively linked. So um, if, if you're very worried that the condom's going to break or that your birth control's not working or or whatever, you know, and none of those forms of contraception are 100%, you know, there's always stories, you know, of things, oh, well, I was on the pill, I was, you know, I had the coil and I still got pregnant, you know, you hear those stories all the time. So just because they've got birth control doesn't mean that they're massively fine having sex. So, you know, if you're a guy listening to this, and you think, well, yeah, no, she is, you know, we're not having sex, we're not, whatever. It could be because they she's just deeply uncomfortable. And, she it doesn't make her feel sexy though she might get pregnant you know that that's really that's that's the bottom line so they the for them they're going to avoid sex basically is what they're going to want to do or getting intimate is going to be really difficult um and so what that means is that sometimes they might be able to start a relationship but the minute it starts looking like it might get serious the minute it starts that the sex starts to being something that's happening more regularly or at least starting then they might call the relationship off. They might suddenly just sabotage it and, and, and stop. And so, you know, if you've got a friend that never seems to make it past the kind of the early stages of a relationship or things never get serious, maybe there is something going on there that is related to tocophobia. Maybe there is a fear of birth going on there um, that, to be looked out for. And, and the thing is, the, the thing about tocophobia is that it's not very well known. You know, I'm using this word a lot. I'm using it a lot now. But some women don't know that this exists. They don't know that a fear of pregnancy and birth is a thing. They don't know that it's got a name. That was my position. I didn't know that I had it when I had it. And I definitely didn't know it had a name until I got to know more about the work that I'm doing. So I only realised I had it retrospectively. And so, and I, you know, it, it, I get emails from women all the time, emailing me going, I've only just discovered the name for this thing. And it's just suddenly everything makes sense to me. Suddenly I realise why um, I am the way that I am. And that's a massive relief for them. And they wish they'd found out sooner. So again, this is another reason I want to share these is because maybe you know somebody, maybe you recognise somebody with what I'm sharing. And so you can kind of say to her, hey, I think you've got tocophobia. Why don't you look into it? Because, you know, you can get over tocophobia. It's not a thing that you're stuck with for life. You can deal with it. I help women get over it all the time. So, um, you know, this isn't something that has to be permanent. It's not a permanent state. So if you know somebody, if me reading these signs out, I would say reading, so I've got a list in front of me, um, then have a conversation with somebody about it. Okay, so the next one is um, they resent gender inequality. So they've got a real sense of, they get very, very uh, ranty, for want of a better word, about the injustice of women having to go through birth and men not, and how unfair it is that women have to undergo the the pain of birth the pain of you know all of that the the carrying of the baby which they see as an incredibly negative experience and why should they have to go through it and so they they you know for them they they equality is this massive massive big deal for them i mean i think today with the way that things are shifting again within our culture i think equality is a big deal for all of us but for women women with tocophobia they they do have a real bee in their bonnet about it because it's and it's being held together by this kind of this sense of injustice that women have got to go through birth 
and that guys don't. Of course, there's the other side to that where, you know, guys are like, oh my God, I wish I could go through that because, you know, the, the creation of life and da, da 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 is just such an incredible thing and we could never experience that. And some women might be hearing me going, well, this is nuts. I love being pregnant. I loved giving birth and, and that's not my position now. But, you know, so it's just to say there are lots of perspectives going on here. And just because you love birth, you love pregnancy, doesn't mean that all women, women have that view as well and so they might really really want to avoid it at all costs so yeah this gender equality thing this injustice that that women have got to go through it is really um really strong for them um so yeah if you have a if there's a debate going on in a group of you and there's some there's a woman that's really like really getting heated and into that conversation that could be a clue that she's got a fear of birth and pregnancy that underlies all that okay now the final one i'm going to talk about oh it's a really really happy one this one it's a fear of death (laughs) um so yeah these women talk about they've got a fear of death and they think that that obviously birth is fatal and that's perfectly normal why they should fear it because it is you know maternal mortality rates are very high I mean the US is now one of the most dangerous developed countries to give birth in so when they say they they don't believe they've got an irrational fear for them it's perfectly natural to fear something that can kill you because birth can um, for those of you that don't want the fear of birth and you're listening to this because it's the Fear Free Childbirth podcast, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to hide it from you. We do know that th- this is a, a risk with birth. So I'm not here to sort of start blocking our ears and, 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 and ignoring facts. So, um, but they, they the women with tocophobia do have a fear of death. And so that's going to be massively uh, a big focus for them, the thought that they would they might die, that the baby might die, um, that maybe there were complications that might arise during the pregnancy and as a result of the complications the doctors might want to maybe sacrifice them for the baby they think that maybe that that they're they're a piece of meat that they wouldn't be treated with respect within the whole of the birth environment and so but underlying all that is that fear of death because um it's it's a really strong it's very strong and so as i said it's not it's not irrational it's perfectly normal for them and actually let's take togophobia out of this. Yeah, if you are fearful of something that can kill you, that's that's quite normal. That's what fear's for. Fear is a very useful emotion. It's there to protect you. Uh, we don't want to banish fear completely because it's there to alert us to possible danger. So if they've got a fear of uh, birth and child uh, and pregnancy, then what's behind that is the fear of death. And that's what their fear is protecting them from. So um, yeah, so those are some seven signs of women with tocophobia and and like I say I really would have shared these with you today because I want other people to understand what having tocophobia is like I also want women with tocophobia to be told they have it if they don't realize it because it can be a real a huge relief for them to know that there's this thing that they're experiencing has got a name and it can be explained and it can be dealt with because that can just transform their lives. So um, yeah, if you do know women that have it, then share them this episode as a way to maybe, I've got lots of other episodes on tocophobia as well they can listen to. I've got lots of resources on the website that they can check out. I've run some programs to help women overcome tocophobia. I've got my tocophobia support group program, which is where we all get together as a group of women with tocophobia and I help them all together over a month, clear their fears one by one. I also have one-to-one programs as well where I can work one-to-one with women to help them overcome it. So, you know, there is there is help available. There are other professionals that specialise in tocophobia as well. I mean, I'm not the only one. So there are lots of us out there that can support women to overcome these fears. So they, it definitely shouldn't be a situation that they should 
stay with. So, um, and then my final point is, which is going to be a bit bit of a shock to some, I think, and that is, I don't think tocophobia is limited to women. I think men have it too. And so it could be that if a guy has been listening to some of this, obviously he doesn't have all the worry, like he's not going to get worried about having sex because he doesn't have to live with the, with the birth situation. But if you are listening and you are pregnant and your husband or partner doesn't like talking about the birth stuff and maybe doesn't want to be present, is resisting going to antenatal classes, is, um, you know, maybe this is an episode in itself, actually. But I think that men have got massive fears of birth, too, that can really mean that they might struggle to be in the birth space during the birth of the baby, for example. Um, I was having some video work done for my for some, I do a lot of video content. So I hired a, video, a videographer once who was, I think he's 21, right? At 20, he's just graduated from video college, whatever, you know, doing some kind of media degree. And he was doing some video work for me. And as I was going through talking about my stuff, he, he had to stop because he said, I'm getting really fit. I'm going to, I'm going to fall over. I can't bear listening to what you're saying. <laughs> I was like, oh, cheers, dude. But yeah, he literally couldn't handle me talking about birth. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. Um, and, and I've since heard there are a lot of other men who really struggle with this too. So my final thing is really, it doesn't have to be just women that experience this. I think um, when you understand the root causes of tocophobia and where it comes from, where it can come from, it makes perfect sense that um, men can have it too. It's just men can go through life without really having to deal with it or face up to it in the way that women can't. And so it's much more of an issue for women because they, you know, they're the ones that can ask, well, when are you going to get pregnant? They're the ones that have to carry the baby. They're the ones that have to give birth. You know, because of this, the way that we are, the way that we're built as humans, um, that men can kind of sail on through without dealing with it. But I just think that some men out there also have very, very strong fears of birth and pregnancy. So maybe less pregnancy, more of birth. Anyway, I hope that this has been a useful episode. Let me know at the, uh, uh, come and join me in the Facebook group, the Fear Free Childbirth Facebook group. We have lots of people in there. Uh, if you want to ask me any questions, that's the best place to ask me questions now. It's in the Fear Free Childbirth Facebook group. When you, you can just look for it on Facebook. When you are trying to join, you'll be asked questions. I don't let anybody in who doesn't answer the questions. So make sure you answer the questions. Otherwise you don't get in. I'll just say no. So, um, and that's it. Come and find me in the Fear Free Childbirth Facebook group. Until next time, bye for now. Hello, you've just been listening to me, Alexia Leachman on the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. Now this is just a wee reminder that if you're looking for more help, support and guidance on your fear-free journey to motherhood, then visit fearfreechildbirth.com where you can find fear clearance meditations, online birth prep courses, training for birth professionals, a membership community and programmes for overcoming tocophobia. Until next time, bye for now.